Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host, and I will be doing, I will be speaking the words of the Holy Spirits this morning. And I'm Connie Strom, your co-host. This week, we'll be speaking with three Holy Spirits that were present during the events leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus, his burial, and his resurrection. In the first segment, we'll be speaking with the spirit of St. Peter, and he will speak of the events leading up to and including the arrest of Jesus and seeing Jesus after the resurrection. In our second segment, Mary, the mother of Jesus, will be with us. She was present at the crucifixion along with Mary Magdalene, who we will speak to in our third segment. Mary Magdalene was present the night Jesus was arrested. She was present at the crucifixion. She saw the empty tomb, and then she was the first to see Jesus after the resurrection. Now, because of our special nature of this morning's show, we're not going to be taking any phone calls. Next week, we will be discussing near-death experiences, and we will have a wonderful guest with us, Best-selling author and motivational speaker Rob Gentile will be here. Rob will be speaking from his personal experiences with NDEs. Please tell your friends about the show. It's going to be incredibly interesting. Okay, Connie, let's get on with our special Easter show. Okay, well, we're starting with St. Peter. Thank you, Peter, for joining us again. Would you like to begin with a message? Absolutely. I would like to thank all of you that are listening. There are many that are turning away from God in this time of need. Those of you that are listening, I hope, will learn something from this show. We are coming together today to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and to commemorate his death on the cross. There's no doubt that these actions took place. They took place thousands of years ago. And the events on those days in Jerusalem changed the world. For thousands of years, humans have studied the words that Jesus spoke in the three short years of his ministries. Today, we're going to try to bring you some information. I am here. Mother Mary is here with us. And Mary Magdalene as well. We lived those horrible moments during the crucifixion and death of our Lord. We will try to let you know the truth. We will let you know what really happened. So... I know Connie has questions for us, so let us begin. Thank you, Peter. How many disciples and followers were with you during that final week in Jerusalem? Leading up to that final week in Jerusalem, Jesus has many followers as he had ever had with him. When we entered Jerusalem, I would say there were between 50 and 75 of us in the group. 
but we attracted others on the road. People would flock to hear his words. The common person had heard of our Lord and could not get enough of hearing him. They knew of his miracles, but they had no idea what was to come. Did Jesus really lose his temper with the money changers in the Jewish temple? Jesus appeared to lose his temper. I never saw him in all the time that I knew him that he truly did lose his temper. He was the most wonderful individual that ever walked the earth. Once we returned home, we realized that Jesus had to create an incident. Jesus had to go through a process, a process of crucifixion, a process of resurrection. There had to be a trigger for that process because Jesus knew that it was time for that process to begin. So he did destroy the tables of the money changers. But I think that he did it very calmly. How much did Jesus tell you about what was about to take place? Jesus told me that he was going to be leaving. He said that he had spoken the words that needed to be spoken. He had told the people what they needed to hear. He said, he told me that he had a wonderful group of disciples that he trusted. He told me that when he, after his leaving, that we needed to go forth and spread his words. He told us that things were going to happen. He told us that when we left the Mount of Olives, that we would never be speaking with him in form again, but that he would return to us, and he told us that we would all most certainly join him in heaven. Would you tell us about the events leading up to that final evening in the Mount of Olives? Several days earlier, he had created the incident in the temple in Jerusalem. He told me that he felt the Romans and the, and the high priests of the Jewish faith would do something about it. He told me to gather all on that evening on the Mount of Olives because he wanted to have a blessing with them. He wanted to have a meal with them. And he simply wanted to speak with all of his followers. But he never really said what was about to take place. Why did Jesus tell his followers and disciples that? What did he, they tell, he tell them on that night in the Mount of Olives? He began by thanking everyone. He said that he appreciated all of those that had followed him, all of those that had sacrificed, brought their families to them all of those that had supported him, all of those that had helped carry his message. He told them all that he was, would be leaving, that it would be up to them to carry on his, miss, his mission. He then gave everyone a final blessing. He said, blessed are those 
that follow the words of God. Blessed are those that will continue to speak the words of God. And blessed are those that will show others the true meaning of love, the true meaning of getting along, the true meaning of living a good life. He said that as Son of God, he blessed all of those that were present. He said that all that were present were assured of joining him in heaven. When the Roman soldiers and the Jewish priests arrived, what role did Judas play? When the soldiers arrived, Judas walked over to our Lord and put his arm around his shoulder and said to him, why are the soldiers here? After that, the soldiers came over. Judas moved back into the shadows, and they tried to take our Lord. Did you try to resist the Romans? Yes. I drew my, sh- my sword, as did some of the others. Jesus said, no, do not hurt them. They are simply following orders. I must go with them. It is something that I must do. Then what happened next? The soldiers led Jesus away from us. We were down, we were, we were saddened. We did not know what was taking place. We knew that he had offended the high priests in the temple, but he had never done anything to oppose Rome. The soldiers had no, no reason to fear our Lord. He had always said, do unto Caesar what is to be done to him. We, we thought about what to do next. We knew that the soldiers had looked upon us, looked upon all the members of the group, but they had done nothing. We went to our places of lodging, and we tried to decide what to do next. I felt that there was a distinct possibility that they would arrest all of us. Think about it. All of those whose responsibility it was to spread the words of of our Lord were present. It would have been very easy to destroy all of us. So we agreed that we would not go to the trial, which was to be held upon the next day. You did not attend the trial. Did you attend the crucifixion? And if not, tell us why. I... I was planning to attend the trial in spite of what I... of the conversations that we had. A soldier approached me and asked if I, if I knew this man that they were about to try. And sadly, I said no. I feared for my own life. 
It is something that I regret. I was a coward. Jesus had, Jesus had such internal strength. Imagine knowing in advance what was going to happen and accepting it. I did not go to the trial. Once the trial started, we all stayed away from it. The women attended. Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, several of the other female followers, they all went to the trial and they listened. But sadly, it was a moment of cowardice for all of us. I think that's the way God wanted it. Okay, well, what about the crucifixion? We did not attend the crucifixion. We all feared for our lives at that point because the sentence was that they were going to crucify our Lord. Sadly, we did not attend, but the women were there with him. How did you react when Mary Magdalene told you she saw Jesus after the resurrection? Mary, the two Marys had gone to the tomb. They wanted to prepare our Lord properly. When they arrived, they saw that the huge stone that the soldiers had placed in front of the tomb had been moved. They thought that they would have to ask the soldiers to remove that stone, but it was already done. The soldiers were standing there. They told the woman that the body of Jesus was not in the tomb. They accused him of stealing the body. They said to her, to the women, what did you do with him? Pilate will be very, very unhappy with this, that you have stolen the body. He was to be sealed into that tomb. When the women returned to us, they told us that the tomb was empty. They asked if any of us had stolen the body. We said, no. Why would we do that? We wanted the body of our Lord to rest in peace. We wanted his soul, as he explained to us, to pass normally into heaven. We had absolutely no idea of the miracle that our Lord was about, had performed. He told us that he would return to us, but we had no idea. We thought the return would take place in heaven. He told us that his soul would return to his father in heaven, and we had no idea. We thought that she was, that Mary was delusional, that she was seeing things. When he appeared to you after the resurrection, what did he say? He appeared to a group of us, and we could not believe what was taking place. I believed he had returned permanently, that he would stay with us and, to, and continue to lead us. But he said no, that he would go, he was, he had 
return from the grave, but that he was going, his soul was returning to heaven as well. And we would never see him again until we returned home. We could not believe the miracle that we saw. Peter, thank you for sharing this information with us. Do you have a final message? Yes. I know that many of you that are listening out there are believing that you cannot possibly be hearing the words of St. Peter the Disciple. I assure you that you are. We have asked Barry to bring you these messages, and all that you hear are the truth. I was blessed to know the greatest human that ever walked the earth. I was blessed to see the greatest miracle that ever took place. I, I betrayed our Lord. I told the soldiers I did not know of him. I was a coward. I did not have the strength of our Lord. Jesus showed us what it was truly like to have all of the internal strength that you need to face all of the trials and tribulations of life. He spoke the words, the words that would lead billions upon billions of people for thousands of years. We did not realize the importance of our mission at the time. He told us it was very important, but we could never comprehend what was about to take place. After his resurrection, we knew that the miracles of which he spoke were true. We scattered, we scattered to the four winds and we spread his words. People heard the words, they believed, they faced death because of what they believed but they all truly did wind up in heaven. So I hope that you go forth and spread our words as well. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much. Okay, time to take a short break. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back in two minutes, and we will speak with the spirit of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Okay, everybody, welcome back. We are now going to speak with the spirit of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, thank you so much for being with us again. Would you like to begin with a message? I would like to thank all of you that are listening. I would like all of you that are listening to know that I hear your prayers. I want all of you that are listening to know that I and my son are blessing each and every one of you. I want to thank you for listening to this special moment that Barry and Connie are bringing you. I want you to realize that my son was a human. My son had all of the characteristics that each of you had, but he was very unique. You see, he told everyone that he was the son of God, but in fact, he was the spark of God. He carried that spark wherever he went. And he spoke the words that would change the lives, would change the lives of the people that talked to him, that looked at him, that spoke with him. He created miracles. He did all the things that were necessary to bring people to truly understand the fact that there is but a single God and that God God is the formation of all religions of the world and that all individuals are created equal and especially when they return to heaven, they face the great equality of God. My soul was blessed to be the mother of Jesus. That that is the most incomprehensible blessing of all time. I raised our son. I did all that I could to help him. I supported him in his ministries. I was present when they killed him. And though it is not written, He came to me after his passing, after his resurrection and return. I can only tell you that my son wanted only that each 
and every human would accept would accept the spark of God in their hearts and would follow his words. So thank you for allowing me to speak today. Connie, I know you have messages for me. <laughs> I do. What did Jesus tell you about what was going to take place? He told me that there was going to be a time that the Romans would come and they were going to take him. And that that would be the end of his ministries, but he wanted me to support all, all of those that followed him. He told me that after the Romans took him, that it would be up to the disciples to carry his words. He told me that I needed to help take care of his family, of his children. He told me that Joseph and I would play a very, very important role in the futures. And he told us that all of us would have eternal life with him in heaven. He warned us that it was going to be a very, very difficult time. He warned us that the Romans and the Jewish priests would do everything in their power to end his mission. But that through us, his mission would never end. Yes, we thank the Lord for that. Would you please share with us your perception of what took place on the Mount of Olives? My son tried to prepare his group of followers for what was to take place. Many of them had no idea. Many of them had not been told what I knew was going to happen. He blessed everyone that was present. He told them that it was their responsibility to carry out, to carry his words on to others. He told them that they would be leaving, but not to fear that he would return and there would be a time that they would all join him in heaven. When the soldiers appeared, I realized of which he was speaking. They took him away, and there was nothing but grief on the mount. Peter had wanted to resist, but my son told him not to do so, that it was God's will that was taking place. I did not fully realize that it would be the last time that we would be able to speak freely with him. What role did Judas play when the Romans arrived? When the Romans arrived, Judas walked over and put his arms around his arm around the shoulders of my son. He asked him why the soldiers were here. And Jesus replied, you know well. Mm. How did Jesus react when the Romans came to arrest him? He did not resist. He did not. All he did was tell his followers not to react, 
not to resist the soldiers because he feared that they would kill all of us. Jesus acted very calmly like he knew what was taking place because he did. And he simply left with the Roman soldiers. Did you attend his trial with Pontius Pilate? Yes. Mary Magdalene and I were in the, were, were in the mob. The priests had arranged for the people that were attending. They were screaming. They were calling for the crucifixion of my son. Pilate ordered him flogged in an attempt to appease the crowd, but they did not. In the end, Pilate had to succumb to the demands of the priests and of the mob and allow my son to be sentenced to death by crucifixion. Will you tell us about what took place on Mount Golgotha? The cross was in place when we arrived on the mount. My son was so weak, they had beaten him, they had tortured him. They did many things to him. The cross was laying on the ground, and they put my son on the cross, and they hammered nails in his hands and his side, in his feet. I sobbed as I watched all this taking place. I was so, I was so emotional, I could, not, I could hardly stand. Mary Magdalene was with me, and she had her arms. She held me. She, too, was sobbing. They raised the cross, and they fastened it to the ground. The soldiers, they respected my son. They understood he was special. They did not treat him badly, but they were serving. They were serving as the orders. Many of the soldiers were sobbing as well. They knew they regretted what they did. They had absolutely no idea of the true impact of what was taking place. They did not, they did not do anything to harm my son. After a while, my son passed from this earth. He had told us from the cross that his love for all of us was never ending. He passed quietly with dignity. He did not show the great physical pain that he was feeling. He took his final breath and following that a soldier took his sword and pierced his side to assure that he was no longer with us on this earth. After a while, Joseph of Arimathea came. They allowed the cross to be lowered, and they removed my son's body from the cross. Joseph and one of his servants carried the body of my son to the tomb. 
The soldiers were there. I think they feared that we would steal the body. They sealed the tomb in our presence, but they would not allow us to clean and to cleanse the wounds of our my son. Hey, uh, did you accompany Mary to the tomb? And if so, what did you see and think? I think this has been returned. The next day, Mary and I wanted to cleanse this body of my son and prepare him properly. As we arrived, the soldiers were milling around, and the tomb was open. The rock had been rolled away. They asked us if we had stolen the body, and we said no. They said, well, then what happened? We do not know. We have only come to prepare the body of my son. I was in tears. Mary Magdalene was in tears because we thought that some members of the mob had perhaps stolen the body of my son. It was a time of grief. We went back to the members of the disciples and we told them what had happened. We asked them if they had stolen the body. They said no. Did Jesus ever appear to you after the resurrection? Yes, it is not written in the Gospels, for I did not speak of it. But Jesus came to me and said, as you see, it is as I have spoken. I have returned in body, but just for a short time. I will soon be entering heaven, where I, of which I told you as well. I will... I will meet all of you as you return to me upon your passing. Do as I ask. Help raise my family. Help protect them from the Romans. How did you react with, with Mary Magdalene when she told you she saw Jesus after the resurrection? I had disbelief. I did not believe what was about to take place, but then my son did return to me. What did you do after the disciples scattered to spread his words? I returned to Joseph, who was with the family of Jesus. We moved further away from Jerusalem for protection. We tried to to support all of the disciples as best we could. They would contact us. But we essentially attempted to lead normal lives so that we would not be damaged by the Romans. Thank you so much, Mary. Do you have a final message for us? Yes. I was so blessed as a human. My soul was chosen to be the mother of Jesus. Think of it. Think of the miracle. I did my best. Upon my return to heaven, I have tried to assist and help 
as many individuals on the other side as possible. I have worked with the angels. I have done all that my son has requested of me. I have done my best to support the words that he spoke in life. Many pray to me. I hear every one of those prayers, and I work with the angels and the other Holy Spirits to help fulfill where possible those prayers. I have done all that I have been asked of me. Many of us had difficult life plans in those years. Many of the disciples paid with their lives. Many of the disciples spoke words that were supportive for thousands of years. My son, Jesus, was the most incredible individual that ever lived. He was, he was God. His spark is in every one of you that are listening to you, to this message today. His one desire is that humans will prosper, that they will learn to get along, that they will love, that they will cease violence towards one another. He wants everyone to understand that it, it is possible for all of the things of which he spoke to take place. All it takes is for the humans to decide that this is the path they want to follow, to speak his name to the youth, and to never do anything to anyone else that you would not have done to you. So we bless all of you listening today, and we thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Time to take another short break. And when we return, we're going to be channeling with the spirit of Mary Magdalene. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? 
Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, and thank you for sticking with us. Mary Magdalene was the one individual that was present for all aspects of the ministry of Jesus, from being cured by him, present for the Last Supper, attended the trial with Pilate. She was present at the crucifixion, found the empty grave, and was the first to see him after the resurrection. So, Connie, let's begin speaking with the spirit of Mary Magdalene. Welcome, Mary. Pleased to have you back. Would you please begin with a message for our listeners? I was so blessed as well. True, as Barry just said, I was present throughout the ministry and after the resurrection. And after the resurrection, I, I served with the other disciples in traveling and trying to pass the words of our Lord. I was in a position like no other that has walked the earth. Imagine knowing Jesus, knowing him in person, having him speak to me, having him heal me. I was there when he's created his miracles. I was there when they took his life. I was there when he resurrected from the grave. You see, that great miracle is what we are celebrating this week with Holy Week. We do not celebrate his passing, but his crucifixion was very necessary. It laid the foundation for the resurrection. Without the crucifixion, there could have been no great miracle of resurrection. So we commemorate that, but we truly celebrate his resurrection on the day that you call Easter. Imagine billions of people celebrated an event that took thousands, that happened thousands of years ago. Imagine that billions of people still follow those simple messages that our Lord spoke in those days. So I thank you for allowing me to come through again. And Connie, I know we have messages and questions. <laughs> yes, we do. You know me well. What was your role among the disciples? After Jesus cured me of my epilepsy, my parents were so happy that they supported his movement. They were quite wealthy, so they supplied much of the wealth, the monies that we needed. Keep in mind, we had we had expenses. We had to provide lodging, food, 
our group grew quite large. So I worked with, with Judas. He was in charge of the money. I would speak. Keep in mind that there were other women that followed him as well. I would speak at the events. I would do as much as I could to support him. I would help bring people to the meetings. I worked very hard as a disciple. Will you describe what it was like to know Jesus? This is probably like trying to describe heaven to us humans. To know Jesus was to know the most incredible person that ever walked the earth. He had nothing but love. His eyes, when you looked into his eyes, it was incomprehensible because you would look into the depth. You could see heaven. You could see the sparkle of God in his eyes. It was it was incomprehensible to tell you what it was like to be with him. He was never angry. He showed love to all. He respected the poorest, the beggars. He would heal those that needed healing. Jesus was just simply the most incredible human that ever walked the earth. Did he ever tell you what was going to happen? He never gave me details, but he said that there would soon be a time that he would be leaving, that the Romans would take him, and that he He wanted me to help spread his words, to work with the other disciples. He told me that his life had the greatest meaning and that we needed to prove to others the reality of a single God. He hinted at what was going to take place, but he never ever went into detail. Were you with him when he went to the temple and had that altercation with the money changers? Yes, I was in the background. I had never seen him act like that. As I said, he was the most loving person I had ever known. But he certainly made his point. What was your perspective on what took place at the Mount of Olives? I thought, oh no, this is what of which he's this is going to be the time that the Romans are going to take him. Did you attend the trial of Jesus? And if you did, please tell us about it. I was in the background. I, I did. I was with Mary. I had my arm around her. We had such hopes that Jesus could be saved, but the priests had done too much. They had brought their supporters. And they put so much pressure on Pilate that he feared he would have a a rebellion if he didn't follow their commands. But yes, I was there. Why did you and Mother Mary decide to attend the crucifixion in person? It has to have been the worst thing of your entire life. We did not want Jesus to die alone. Mary was so distraught with what was going to take place. I needed to be there to try to be strength for her. But the events overwhelmed me as well. I knew that the men had decided that they were not going to attend for fear that the Romans would kill them as well. And I certainly did not want Jesus to die alone. Please tell us about what really took place at the crucifixion. 
what Mary spoke of earlier was true. They nailed him to a cross. They raised it in the air. The way that they had put him on the cross, I think, caused him to suffocate. Once he passed, the soldiers took him down. Many of the soldiers were sobbing and crying. They knew that our Lord was special, but they were just simply following orders. What were your emotions when you found the tomb was empty? I could not believe it. I truly thought the mob had stolen his body. I thought that the priests were behind it. I thought that, I thought many things because I truly did not know what was taking place. All I knew was that we were not going to be able to cleanse the body of our Lord and prepare him for his passage to heaven. Could you share with us your experience of seeing Jesus after the resurrection? After realizing that the tomb was was empty, I was overcome with sadness. I could not I could not believe anybody would would steal the body of such a wonderful individual. I could not believe that he was truly gone. I was I was in a wooded small wooded area. I was on the mount. And all of a sudden, I felt this energy behind me. It was an energy that I only felt when I was with our Lord. It was, it was this incredible feeling that I was not alone. I heard, I heard his voice, and I could not believe it. I said, Mary. It said, Mary. Turn and look at, at me. I am, in, I am behind you. I turned and I saw this incredible figure of our Lord. He still bore the wounds of the crucifixion, but the wounds were cleaned. He was in this wonderful white outfit. He seemed to glow. It was, it was as I, I knew him in life. He said, you see, Mary, I told you I was going to return. I told you that I was going to have everlasting life. The fact that I am standing before you is the fact that I have risen from the grave. The reality that I have risen from the grave is the same reality of I speak when I tell you that you will all join me in heaven. I will soon go there, and you will not see me again until you return, but you will return. I am proud of what you've done for me. I know that you will help the others to spread my words. So go tell them that I have returned from the grave. And he disappeared in front of me. So how did the disciples react when you told them that you saw Jesus? 
they thought that it was not possible. They thought that I had succumbed back to my illness. They thought that it was too much to wish for. Thank you so much, Mary, for sharing all this with us. Do you have a message for our listeners? Yes. As I leave you today, I want you to understand that God is the most real thing, the real, most real energy of your existence. When you pass, you will understand the true, the true length of your, of his powers. So thank you. I thank you so much for allowing me to be with you today. I bless you. I want you to understand that God is real. He is with you. I am with you. We are all with you always. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Mary. Okay, guys. Thank you for unbelievable messages today. Next week, we're going to have as our guest, the best-selling author and motivational speaker, Rob Gentile. Rob suffered a near-death experience after a massive heart attack that changed his life. As a result of his life experiences, he wrote the book, Quarks of Life, which is an incredible book. I've read it. I recommend it to everyone. So please join us next week for this informative show as we discuss near-death experiences. I currently have nine books on Amazon. My latest book, Messages of God for a Modern World, consists of 60 messages that we channeled for our Wednesday morning podcast, A Weekly Message from Jesus. He will be given his Easter message tomorrow, so you can join us on our Facebook pages. Yeah, I'd like to thank all of you for joining us on the Voice America Variety Radio Network. If you'd like to see more of our channelings, we have over 400 videos on our YouTube channel, which is in the name of Barry Strom. You all have a great week. Yeah, and I want to thank all of you. Please tell your friends about our show. It's, uh, I think it's very special going to be special next week. So I hope all of you enjoyed learning about the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus from the spirits that actually lived the events. I know it's hard to believe, but it was real. None of this is, is scripted for me. We write down the questions, and then I just say what the spirits want me to say. So please tell your friends about our show. Please join us Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific Time.